0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to join us in our message series and dive deeper into what God's Word has for us today. Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Come on, y'all can do better. Happy Happy Thanksgiving. All right, let's pray. We'll get started now. Father in heaven, you have brought us all to this point in 2020. With only a handful of weeks left, some of us are feeling beat down by the year. Others, we're feeling lost. We know you love us, God, but sometimes it just doesn't connect. Fill us with your spirit today. Give us insights that will help us understand and our experiences better. As your word speaks truth and cuts through the lies and the busyness of the world, help us cling harder to your truth. Moreover, I ask that you work in our hearts today to make it soft. Let us know that you are God, the God of our lives, and that we are your chosen people. Draw our hearts to you so that we can chase after you like you chased after us on Calvary. Help us move forward from this season of life with a new mindset, being thankful because of your steadfast love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to be in Numbers, Numbers 11, verses 4 through 9. And I have something to confess as you guys turn your, your Bibles there or you look at it on your phones. I usually skim the book of Numbers, if not skip it in my Bible reading plan. But, um, you know, as of late, as of late, that was a confession for me. As of late, God has been putting on my heart, look at the book of Numbers, pay attention to it, because I'm doing things and you're not seeing it because you failed to see what I wrote for you here, right? So he, he's convicted me of my own hardness of heart and my sinfulness, and my short-sightedness, right? And he, he's just doing things in my life, showing me things, and I'm going to share some of those things with you today, right? The, the purpose of today is so that we can have a thankful perspective. Having a thankful perspective. It's really important, especially in our climate, especially in 2020, right? So how many people here would say 2020 has been a bust? Yeah, right? I mean, online, if it was a bust, type in the word bust in that chat right now, right? I would say, I would say most of us would say in terms of goals, relationships, dreams, aspirations, this year has been a total bust, right? Um, Some of us even want to skip Thanksgiving and Christmas, which we'll probably spend alone, right? And go right to 2021. Let's start again. Yeah, is it? Do people feel like that? Is it just me? I put up my Christmas tree before Halloween, so... I know, I know I'm ready to get out of here, right? So, um, and here's the reason some of us feeling that, and this is why most of us are just thinking that even, right? It's because you're in a place you've never imagined you'd be, and you've been in this place for so long, you can't see your way out. You go left, you go right, you go forward, you go backward, and there's no out. It's just wilderness. It's just there, just empty, right? And that place, for some of us, let, let me help you, Picture what that looks like, because I don't know that we all can see it. Some of us, it's rolling out of bed to our chairs, sitting there for eight hours, then rolling out of our chairs into our couch, and then we're doing it again and again and again, right? That, that, that's some of us. So, some of us, it's really seeing our spouses 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Don't look to the left or to the right. I, I know you're trying, right? Don't look, right? Right. Um, but, but like other of us, it's videos all day. Another video meeting. You've never had this many video meetings in your life, right? And it's bothering you. They're all floating heads. And you just want to turn it all off, right? You want to turn it all off. But th- this is exactly what the Israelites were feeling here in the book of Numbers in chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 9. Let's read it together. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt the, that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance like that of delium. The people went about and gathered it and ground it in hand mills or beat it in mortars and boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked in oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Let me give you some context because that's a weird place to start a story, right? So the Israelites were starting their journey from Mount Sinai to the promised land. They had a conquest to accomplish so what Moses did was he took the 12 tribes of Israel, divided them up into four sides, and provided, right? He started doing military strategy and said, three tribes on the right, three tribes to the left, three tribes forward, three tribes back. That way, if the enemy came, they couldn't get to the middle. They couldn't get behind them without going through them, right? It's a great strategy. And so this is what happened, right? They get three days, three days, 72 hours into their journey, into their conquest. And complaining breaks out. Let let me tell you, let let me read to you verse 1 of this chapter, all right? And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. Let me ask you, how much misfortune could you possibly have in three days? 72 measly hours. Complain. Let let me tell you what these people have done up to this point in those 72 hours. They kissed Moses' father-in-law goodbye. And then they started walking. That was it. Complaining in three days. Right? And I know some of you are getting into your judgmental mindsets, right? 72 hours. They couldn't hold out 72 hours. We've been in quarantine for nine months already, right? And they couldn't go 72 hours. I know some of you are going to go from here to McDonald's drive-thru, and the 72 seconds it takes, you're going to bust out and say, how slow can this service be, right? So let, let's not complain about them in 72 hours. But look, th- this is what's interesting about it. Verse 4. Let, let's look at it. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again, saying, oh, that we had meat to eat. The rabble, the rabble caused the whole camp to complain. Complaining is infectious, isn't it? Right? The word rabble or riffraff were the people on the fringes. They weren't the voices of reason. They were the dissenters with the loudest voices. They're the peanut gallery, right? And they set the whole camp off in complaint. What's interesting is it didn't come from the mainstream. It didn't come from most of them. It came from a few. And the few that complained caused everyone to complain, right? Just think about your life. Think about your life, right? You're ready to make some moves. And then the people on the fringes, on the left and the right, they start whispering in your ears. And... They they make you want to complain. You deserve better than this. You deserve more. Maybe you should complain about your misfortunes before you even start what you said you were going to do. And that's my first point today. Don't allow fringe voices to influence your thoughts. You see, when we allow these fringe voices to speak into our lives and take up our valuable mental and emotional real estate, we lose perspective. Right? The, the real reason a lot of us are complaining in 2020 is not because of this pandemic. right? It's not because of the political rhetoric. It's not even because of the racial injustice. It's because there are fringe voices telling us, look around you. Don't you think you deserve better? Wouldn't it be better if you complained? And if the story of numbers teaches us anything, it's this. It's that when we listen to these fringe voices... It's going to cause us to complain. It's evident here, right? They're always going to be the loudest. But it doesn't mean that their opinions are worth their time and energy, right? Let's be honest. If their thoughts and complaints actually really mattered, they they, they would actually just get things done. It wouldn't be complaining, would it, right? They would be getting things done. When we look at Jesus' own life, there are a lot of fringe voices telling him, you know what? The mission you're on, that's really not the mission. That mission, put it to its side, right? And and I mean, their voices said, why are you eating with sinners? You can't sacrifice yourself for me. Worship me and I'll give you the nations. Don't you know that this perfume could be sold and it could feed the hungry? And Jesus didn't allow the people on the fringes to impact his mission. So if you're feeling you're bogged down because complaints, then shut out the voices. Shut out the fringe voices. We can complain like the rabble did, or we can trust that God will lead us, right? Uh, but I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking, but their complaints aren't totally unwarranted. And that brings us to my second point. The past wasn't as good as you remembered. Let's pick this up in verse, the second part of verse 4. It says this, And the people of Israel also wept again, saying, oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and garlic. Sure, they remember eating fish that cost nothing, but here's the part they conveniently forgot. They were also slaves. It had to be free. They had no money. They were working for free. If it cost something, they wouldn't have been able to eat it. It's such a big fact that they erased from their memory, right? Uh, I mean, of course they remembered the free food because if it wasn't free, what is there? They'd starve, right? They, they had forgotten that they were the ones that had to catch the fish. They were the ones that forgotten that they had to plant these vegetables, these fruits. They had to harvest them. And then, after they've given everything to their masters, they were able to eat. Yeah, sure, it was a variety of things. But what is that? What, what, what kind of life is that? Is that really living? They weren't free, right? And, and, you know, this perspective, this thought right here, it can be explained psychologically. It's called rosy retrospection. Basically, it's when you remember the past as better than it actually was. And the reason we do this is because our minds, they, they do this thing, right, where over time it erases the bad memories, It minimizes the bad memories, and it starts creating a highlight reel of the good memories. It slows down the good stuff, right? So, you know, what the Israelites did was they forgot. They forgot that they were slaves because it erased it from their memories. and They remembered the fish that had to be free, not why it was free, right? And so, you know, it explains high school for most of us, right? I mean, you think about your hair. It looks so good. Right? You could eat whatever you wanted. You didn't gain a pound. You had no bills to pay. right? But you forget so easily that eight hours of the day, you sat in a broken chair in front of a desk that was painted black for some reason, and that paint was always wet because it was always on your clothes at the end of the day. And you forget that you know the pimples on your face, you, you use these chemicals to cover it up, but it wouldn't go away, that embarrassment. And so you spent all that time saying, I need to get out of high school. When can this stop? But now you look back at it and say, hey, those were good days. were they really that good? Right? I mean, so let's stop looking at our past thinking it was somehow better. Right? It wasn't. It was your last boyfriend or your last girlfriend. It was your last job, your last church, your last whatever it was. And the reason it was your last place was because You didn't think it was that good, so you left. So you moved on, right? And that brings me to my third point. We can't keep looking back, and the reason we keep looking back is because our present situation looks worse than it is, right? Isn't that what's happening? Our present situation looks worse than it is. Look at verse 6 and 7. The Israelites said, but now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance like that of delium. The Israelites said their strength was dried right up, but really they were just tired of looking at the same thing and eating the same thing over and over and over. They had to eat what they prepared over and over. Doesn't that sound like us? The same food over and over. Cleaning the same dishes over over and over, right? Seeing the same people over and over, right? The Israelites were really complaining about food from heaven. Does that even make sense? And I think it's interesting here to note why the author decided he was going to describe how manna looked like, right? Here's what he's saying. Manna didn't look all that special, It looked like seeds and delium, right? And delium, let let me translate this for you, all right? Let me translate this. It looked like the scraps the birds left behind and stuck onto a tree that congealed. It's not that special to look at. In fact, it may look a little ugly, is what manna looks like, says the author, right? And, And I think a lot of us miss that about our present situations, right? That God is providing for us now just not in the way we imagine. Who would have thought that manna would look normal, ordinary even, right? And sure, yeah, we may be facing a bleak present, but we need to see what Jesus is providing us. We need to see that the goodness of God may look very ordinary because God's goodness doesn't always appear in pomp and circumstance. It's not wrapped up. Right, And I think coming into this pandemic and living through this pandemic, I don't think a lot of us really realize how to have a thankful perspective. And the reason we didn't have an understanding of how to have a thankful perspective is because we couldn't see what God was giving us in our lives. Right? I mean, God sent his son Jesus so that our present circumstances wouldn't overcome us, so that our sin wouldn't overcome us. Right? The point of our salvation is not so that our lives can be turned over and ended, but so that our stories can intertwine with that of God's, so that we can be children of God. But let's go more. In verse 8 and verse 9, look, the people went about and gathered it and grounded it to hand mills, or beat it in, in mortars and boiled in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cake baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. We see in verse 9, every single night, God's provision, it fell from heaven. It fell. We may not see God's provision happening in our lives, but when we look and when we open our eyes, it's there. It appears. It appears. We can't forget that in our presence, right? And, And I mean, that's the beauty of God's faithfulness. We may not see it, but it's appearing, right? This is the verse that Jesus was talking about or thinking about when when he's teaching his disciples to pray, God, give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Sustain us today. It's not what we imagine, but sustain us. Give us our provisions, right? That's what we need to know about today because God is giving us provisions to get through today. Realize that it may not look great, but he is. Here's the big idea that I want us to walk away with today, right? Having a thankful heart, it comes from seeing the goodness of God. It's one thing to know that God is providing, right? To know that mentally, that's one thing. It's totally a different thing when we're taking those provisions from God and gathering it, when we're putting it together, cooking it and eating it in our lives, Right? Uh, look, look, the, the Israelites, what did they do? They gathered it, right? They gathered, they picked it up. They picked it up from the floor. They baked it into cakes. Then they ate it. You know what cakes baked in oil is? It's artisan donuts, right? Artisan donuts. They're not fried, they're baked. So you know you can eat as much as you want without getting fat, right? And I mean, this is the goodness of God's provision. He wants you to eat his goodness. He wants you to gather it in in your life. He wants you to do so, so it can sustain you, right? This is something that we need to practice during Thanksgiving, right? Seeing the goodness of God, gathering it, and eating it, keeping it, because that's what's gonna sustain us, right? So practice with me right now, practice with me. I got 10 things that don't, don't really look like provisions or goodness from God, but they really are, all right? First thing is this, toilet paper, right? We need to be thankful for toilet paper, especially the way people buy it here in Michigan. I can't believe it, it's sold out already, right? What is going on? What are you people eating, right? I mean, the next time you walk out of a supermarket with that jumbo-sized family pack, two of them, right, because that's the limit, I think, Give one to that mother who's looking frenzied, who needs it badly, right? Let's be grateful. Um, The second thing is this, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whether it's the microwavable stuff or the fresh stuff or or the stuff that you get delivered, be thankful. Most people can't eat three square meals. Most people can't even eat two square meals. We need to give thanks for that, right? The other thing we have to give thanks for, and this is number three, housework and chores. And Michelle reminds me of this all the time. That honey-do list that never ends, right? That's the difference between being quarantined at home and being imprisoned, right? Because if you didn't have a list of things to do to make your house more beautiful, you're literally in prison, right? That, that's the difference. And, you know, this is beautiful, right? It might also give you a break from your spouse or your kids, just saying right? Um, Here's number four. Number four is something we take for granted. Health and sickness. Health and sickness. We have to gather our health, right? And we have to count our sickness as God's provisions for us to see how our lives are really fragile, right? If you're healthy, pray that God can use you to minister to the sick for His glory. If you're sick, Pray that your health be restored. Pray that God allows healthy people to come around you and take care of you, right? I know a lot of us in our church, you know, we have faced sickness or battling sickness, whether it's COVID or something else, but we're praying for you. You need to pray that too, right? Number five, technology. That little thing that keeps vibrating in your pocket, even now, the stuff that you're looking at. You don't own a Bible because you have your phone. It was free. The Word of God comes to you in the form of a six-inch device that you have to charge. Let's give thanks for that. It keeps us connected. We might not like it. It may be invasive. They may be stealing our data, but who cares? We see people on the other side. Be grateful. That brings me to teachers. Teachers. Right? I, know, I know some of us, you know, you're, you're doing school online. right? Thank goodness for your teachers. Be thankful for them. They're willing to deal with the stuff that you can't sign into as parents. It's way too hard to sign into these classes. You can't really get educated, but they're there. They show up every single day, and they want to deal with your kid that you don't want to deal with for eight hours. Right? They do this five days a week. Despite the fact that they have to do it online, just think about that. Thank goodness they're teaching, right? Number seven, your life group. Those people who seem flaky, who who don't always show up, who can't really commit, know and be thankful that when things are tough in your life, they will gather around you, they will wrap you around in their arms. Be thankful for them. Don't take them for granted. Don't neglect meeting with them, even though we say go meet on Zoom, right? Don't neglect them. They are your spiritual family. If you're not in a life group, get in one. Be thankful for them. It's a good thing. Number eight, the church is open. Mask, no mask, coffee, no coffee, physical distancing, whether the Facebook stream is busting out or broken, right? Be grateful, be thankful for God to give us church, that we can receive his word, his good news, because we know at the end of the week, we need it. We definitely need it. It's the only good news we're getting. Number nine, prayer. What a great vehicle for communication because there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to be limited by because we can pray to God and he hears us. That's true. God says, talk to me, and he will listen. Where else are you going to get that? No other religion will get a promise that says, I am listening to you as you talk to me. Just now you have no distractions and no excuses. There's nowhere to go. Pray. Be thankful for that. Number 10, Jesus Christ the goodness of God, he gave himself to us that by faith we can receive him into our lives so that he can wipe away our sins, right? There's nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God because of Jesus Christ. Much of his life resembled our own. His humiliation was public. His death was gruesome, but his resurrection, it was so beautiful that the people who witnessed it said, I can't keep it inside of me. It changes my present in a way I've never imagined. And that's what Jesus Christ does for us. That is the goodness of God. It changes our present like we can't even begin to imagine. So if we want to make it past the season and through the season, where the rabble is loud and the past is looking rosy and the present is looking bleak, then look and see the goodness of God all around us gather it, eat it, treasure it. I mean, there's so much more than these 10 things, right? It's when we can start seeing these goodness that all we can see around us in the wilderness is the goodness of God, the food from heaven. Psalm 136 says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembers us in our lowest state and rescues us and provides for us. Give thanks to the God of heaven and for his steadfast love endures forever. Family, don't forget God's love for you is forever. Give thanks to him for that here and now. He provided for our future through Jesus. You will always be his child if you welcome him into your heart. Jesus, who although was equal with God, did not count equality with him. He emptied himself become human. He humbled himself and walked the wilderness of life, but he lived sinless. He bore our sins and iniquity and paid the ultimate price on the cross. Death couldn't hold him, and he was resurrected on that third day. That is our provision in faith. That is where we place our faith. That is why we can be assured of our salvation, if you spent the greater part of 2020 complaining or with an unthankful perspective, think about Jesus Christ. We want your present and your future to have a thankful perspective. Place your trust in him. Let's start gathering the goodness of God everywhere in our lives so that there's nothing else we can see but his love for us because it endures forever. Then and only then will we experience our present as it really is and see ourselves as God sees us, as his worthy children, heirs to his kingdom, redeemed by the blood of Jesus on the cross. Let's pray. Almighty God, you provide for us daily and Oh, how we fail to see it sometimes. How we neglect the wonderful gifts that you provide every single day. Lord, thank you for these ample provisions as you lead us through this life, through this wilderness that we're in. You gave us your son, Jesus, to die in our place. What wouldn't you spare for us, the children that you love? Father, I know that there is a spirit of discontentment and anxiety in this season. And I know this year has been a wreck for many of us, but I pray, God, that you shape our hearts, that you fix our eyes towards seeing your work, that your glory is manifesting itself daily in the little things. I I pray for those of us who are in dire straits, God, that I know some of us are sick and and others, we're, we're at our wit's end, and I pray for healing, Father. I pray that we can taste your sweet provision, Let us experience that right now. Even if our present situation doesn't look like much, we need to continue forward because our promised land awaits. We pray that when our circumstances look humble, look unimpressive, we can start gathering your love for us, bake it together, and taste the glory of heaven. Until then, God, Give us what we need to push forward, one foot after another. We're so thankful that you redeem us from our past and that you are actively guiding our present and future. Give us the perspective to be thankful and grow our ability to trust and rely on you more than ever. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together.